Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Tree Talking Time. This week's episode and the next three after it are from the Great American Outdoor Show. So the Great American Outdoor Show is the world's largest outdoor recreation show and expo. It's almost 15 acres under roof with over a 1,000 exhibitors. These exhibitors cover everything from RVs, boats, trucks, ATVs, guns, archery, fishing, outfitters, and everything in between. One of the cool things that I really like to go and is get to talk to these outfitters and talk to people that literally from all over the world. But as a hound guy, you know, I like to go talk to these the houndsmen, and I've done this for years, long before I ever had a podcast. Now I just take my recording stuff and I and I go talk to guys and get get to sit down with guys from Maine, from North Carolina to Montana, and and get to talk to them. So I, I recorded a couple last year. These are all different guys for this year. So hope you enjoy them. Uh, one thing, they are all recorded in an, at an expo. So the audio quality is not amazing. There's a lot of background noise. I will try my best to try to limit as, as much of that as I can. But it's just the, the nature of the beast when you're, you're sitting in a, a big expo hall. It's not like we're in a studio. Just a reminder to head on over to W Hunting Supply. And uh, get your Tree Talking Time shirts. I've heard from quite a few people that really like them. I know I've got a couple. I'm wearing my hoodie right now. So, hope you enjoy. Crap. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Oh, that's no problem. Well. If it didn't record it, there's a reason for it. Oh, Everything we'll, happens We'll, for we'll a just do take two because I, <laughs> I have no idea. So, uh, let's start this off again and uh, we'll just start with an introduction. <laughs> uh, my name is Brandon Lane. Uh, I live up in Allagash, Maine. I've had hounds for the last 18 years there. I have coyote hounds, bear hounds, and English pointers, and we got a couple labs there for sheds. Okay. Now, we, we so for all the listeners listening to this, we recorded for probably 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I looked down, and it's telling me I'm, we didn't record, so I don't really know what happened. But uh, So we'll go back into this and uh, talk about your dogs again. So what kind of... Hounds are you running for bear? Uh, for bear, I got a bunch of mutts there. They're anything from plot to plot, running walker, English, regular walker, cross there. Okay. So you actually mentioned something different this time. You, you, so you've crossed some running walker in? Yeah, I've, I've crossed some running walker in just to get a little more speed. They don't quite have the tree and power there, but yeah. it picks up the speed and their lung capacity is a lot better so they can run for longer yep. distances. Obviously, it's not a super common cross, but... Uh, I think it's becoming more and more. Yeah, go for it. So, for the listeners, we're at Grand American Outdoor Show, and uh, Brandon had a uh, potential client come up, so asking some questions. One of the joys of working the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But, no, like, I messed around a little bit there, like, with the running walker mm-hmm. and with some of the treeing dogs. Cause some of the running walkers there that I got, they have a better nose than most of the treeing dogs do there. Okay. And you can see that. To get back to like what we were talking about between snow and bare ground there. Yeah. Mean, when you see a dog that can stick his nose in a track that's got three inches of snow in it and yeah. take it, you know, and go, mm-hmm. that you know was at least 24 hours old there. I mean, that's a good way to kind of determine the age, how it, the yeah. dog independence on a track. Mm-hmm. 
And by doing that there, we've mixed in and got some pretty pretty cold nose dogs there that Good. have the lung capacity to outrun most treeing hounds. Okay. Now your treeing hounds, where where does that blood come from? Anything in particular? A lot of the, a lot of the recent blood that I got there from the plots comes from a guy there right right in Maine. Okay. Out of Grand Lake, Paul Laney there. Okay. Yeah. And he's got probably by far some of the best plots that mm-hmm. that there is going right now. Nice. I uh, briefly talked to Paul last year, just like messaging mm-hmm. back and forth. So familiar. Yeah. Now Paul's he's he's a he's got some damn good dogs. Cool. Especially when it comes to the cats. There. Yeah. There's no other like him in the state. That's what I've heard. So, what's your favorite, bear or coyote? It, I I like them both. There's a difference. I mean, I, I'm a, I like the tree dogs, you yeah. know, and the coyotes more or less to get the fix there through the winter. Yeah. But there's still nothing like walking into a tree there and you got a half a dozen dogs at the base of the tree, tree in their heart out. Yep. You know, and it's the only thing that makes up for it during the coyote is when they catch and you walk into a bay there with three or four dogs that are okay. barking every breath yeah. there. Now, do you shoot more crossing or do you tend to bay more? It's probably 90% a caught. You okay. know, most most of the ones that we kill there, I shoot with a pistol, twenty two pistol. Okay. I mean, in the last last winter there, we got I think fifty seven. Me and my wife did. Oh wow! And this winter here, we were, I think we're at twenty nine right now. Jeez. So I mean, it's when we when I say dogs that fashion, I mean every day it might be negative twenty, negative thirty there. Yeah. And me and the wife are on sleds looking for tracks. Now, do you guide uh, for? coyote hunts as well or yeah we we do a little bit here and there um it's hard to get the clients for that because most people don't want to jump on a snowmobile when it's negative 20 (laughs) out which you can't say you blame them there yeah but uh, yeah we have a few guys that come up here and there and usually it's guys that have dogs that they come up just to hunt and intermingle and yeah you know the friendship that you get from it there yeah definitely well, you told me a good story when you opened it up the first time we recorded this. I'd love to hear that again. <laughs> All right. So this story that really rings a bell there from this past season was we had a group of younger guys in camp, and we put down on a on a on a bait there, and the dogs are off. And after about two hours there, we're getting walking down the old tote road, and I got the hunter set up there, and he's using a single shot thirty thirty. The bear steps out probably 15 feet away there, and the dogs are around it. And tell the hunter to shoot, and the gun goes click. I turn around, and I look <laughs> at him like, you know, what's that all about? And he's like, it won't go off. So he puts another bullet in, and it goes click there. And after doing it four times, and this whole time this is transpiring, it sounds like it's just a few seconds there, but it's over a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Me, the dogs, and the hunter and his buddy were all in the road walking down this little two-track dirt road there. And the, the, I turn around and look at the hunter there, and he yells at me. And I turn back around and look, and the bear's coming at me. And I just swung around. I had my pistol in my hand there, and I swung around, and I was close enough. So when the barrel hit the head there, I pulled the trigger. <laughs> and needless to say, it was 518 pounds dressed there. Jeez, so that's it, a big bear. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a moment that none of us will ever forget, I yeah. can tell you that. And I looked at the kid, and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry there, but, you know, the safety come first. And. <laughs> His words were, I, I thank you. He says, and I appreciate everything you did. He says, now you got the taxidermy bill, and I don't. So <laughs> yep. it worked out good in the end. That would be a nice one for uh, your, your display here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'll take up a little bit of room up there. Yep. So yeah. what, what size, what, what's your average bear up there? The, 
the average that we get with dogs is probably that three last year was like 378 so i'd okay. say the average overall throughout my years of doing it and that 325 350 with hounds okay um the average you'll get over bait at 125 125 150 is your average hunting over bait and okay. still hunting is that just more or less because in, inexperience no. like, gets the best people? Or? The, the biggest thing with that is like with your when you're sitting over a bait, you're hunting during daylight hours, and yeah. your older bear, your 10, 12, 15-year-old bear there, they've been shot at before, so they know enough that I'm not going in during daylight, someone's there. Oh, okay. You're educating them. So like yep. your, your average age is probably a year and a half to three and a half, but you're killing over bait. Gotcha. And they're like the bucks there. Once they make yep. it to three and a half, they're harder to kill. Yep. And with a dog, we're targeting the bear there that are nocturnal. Yep. Those are the bigger bear you get. Bears that come in at night, you can run them. Yep. Nice. That, that's what makes it fun. Yeah. So what all do you offer as far as hunts then? We do everything from grouse all the way up through to moose. So we got, the, we got grouse, moose, bear, deer, coyote. Um, we do canoe trips up and down the Allagash on Allagash St. John River in the spring and fall. Okay. Do snowmobile trips through the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, do spring shed hunts in the spring for moose. Cool. So it's you you name it and we yeah. do it there. We're year round. Okay. Awesome. How did you get end up doing this? Just out of a passion. I mean, me and the wife we both loved the outdoors, and finally mm-hmm. one day we said enough's enough. This is what we want to do, and yeah. we made a we went for it there, and we made a go of it, and here we are today. Okay. Now, did you start out working for other people, or? Yeah, I, I worked for an outfitter for probably a year, two years there, um, doing bear and stuff. And yeah. then after that, I said, "That's you know, we we want to do it on our own there." And we've been doing it on our own since 2010, 2011, the fall of 2011. Okay, that's when we went off on our own. Nice. So, we've been at it for what 11 years? No, 12 years. That's exciting. You know, you get to do what you love every day. You get to be outside every day. That's right. You, get, you don't have to worry about being stuck in an office. <laughs> it's the last guy I just talked to. Said he goes, I don't think I could work in an office. No. I'm at that point now where if you told me I had to go to an office there, you better off burying me because I don't <laughs> think it would make it. It would happen. Yeah. You got to think now what, what we covered so far and what we haven't covered so far. Um, the whole rerun's kind of yeah. messed with me because I, I can't remember what exactly. we said twice or three times. So, Well, how did you get started into coyote dogs? Because I'm guessing you started in bears. Yeah, we started out. We started out really originally with beagles there, and it went from okay. beagles there running rabbits up mm-hmm. to the coyote uh, to bear, and then bear, and we had kept bear dogs and a beagles. And when we moved up north, we still had the beagles there, mm-hmm. but the snow's too deep, and it's hard for the beagles to run. So okay. we got talking about it and said, "Well, we'll just get a few coyote dogs," and we did that in 2016 there, and ever since there. We got rid of the beagles, and now we just we run coyotes all winter. Okay. So it's a little bit e- it's easier for the coyote dogs to run. You yeah. Know, when you got two feet of powder, a beagle can't run. And yeah, we yes. Not it's not fun listening to a chase when they bark once every five minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they just can't trying to plow through it. Yeah. So listeners, most people don't realize that a guaranteed uh, moose tag is very very expensive. <laughs> no. No, they look at it there. I had one guy yesterday there argue with me and tell me that it weren't worth more than two hundred dollars. <laughs> I just looked at him and said, you can't even go to the store and buy 800 pounds of meat for $200. So, I mean, it's worth yeah. at least that all day long. Oh, yeah. When I no. told, told him it was 20000 I thought he both had a heart attack there on the floor. <laughs> That's funny. 
Yeah. No, I mean, even just lodging for a week and, you know, food and lodging. I, <laughs> that's the, just funny. The hotel we're staying at down here, I think it's $178 a night. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a hotel. Yeah. It's not a camp. You know, it's not meals. That's nothing. That's just a hotel. Yep. So. People, uh, they, they think everything's cheap. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, especially when it comes to dogs. They think, you, oh, you know. Yeah. One guy told me there, he said, you know, the, the fastest way to be a broke houndsman. I asked him, I said, what's that? He said, buy a dog. That's 100% <laughs> true. The more yep. dogs you have there, I mean, yeah, yep. you, you do it for the passion. You don't do it to make money or anything. I don't care what yeah. kind of guide service you run. Yep. How many dogs do you have? I, I want to say 24, right around 24, 25. How many uh, bear dogs do you have? We get 16, 15, 15 and 16. 16, 16 bear dogs there now. Okay. We had a, a few younger dogs there. We got got rid of, had a few older dogs there that passed in the last couple of years there. Yeah. So. And then how many coyote hounds you got? Six, five. Okay. Five coyote dogs. And two labs and an English pointer. <laughs> <laughs> got your hands full, that's for sure. Yes, yep, that we do. But it'd be different. It'd be, it, it wouldn't be the same there if we woke up and didn't have the dogs. Yeah. Now, you were saying, like, it's real cold up there and all your dogs are in the house yeah. right now. Yeah, the wife brought all the dogs in there Thursday night. I helped her before I left to come down here. We brought all the dogs in the house, and there Oof. she was moving them out this afternoon because it's supposed to get above negative 10, I guess, today. <laughs> so she's moving back out. Supposed to get above negative 10. Yeah, I don't think I could handle that cold. Yeah, you get used to it after a while. I don't know. <laughs> Are you from Maine? Yeah, I'm originally from central Maine there. Okay, so even though you moved for a little further north, you're still born and raised there. Yeah, I was still born and raised there. On average, though, it's probably a 15-degree difference. Okay. So it's still a big yeah. big difference. Like back in central Maine there, they might have snow for three months out of the year on the ground. Yeah. Where we have it from beginning of December until end of April 1st of May. Okay. I mean, there's still places in the woods there in the Cedar Swamps and that stuff that you can find snow there end of June, 1st of July. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, what's your country like that you hunt? A lot of rolling rolling hills, swamps, mm-hmm. rivers. There's rivers everywhere. Okay. I mean, if you get a dog that won't swim, then you might as well <laughs> hang it up there. Not going to work out in your country, huh? No, not going to work out because the bears, the bigger bears, they especially they figure it out when it's hot there. They head yeah. right to the rivers. And the dog is deep enough so the dogs have to swim, but they don't have to. So they just walk up and down the rivers there, and they'll walk across the river, go in the woods a little ways there, then they'll go back across. Yep. So you ain't got dogs that will swim and go across there. You might as well forget it. That's that's the first first check that we have when we're trying out new dogs or raising (laughs) dogs is if they don't make it across the river, there's no sense putting any other time into them. Gotcha. You're guaranteed every chase you're going to cross the river at least twice. Jeez. Where we hunt, we got the St. John, the Allagash, the Big Black. Yeah, St. John, Allagash, Big Black, and I've, those are the three major rivers there, but we there's a bunch of the little contributaries that come into them yeah. there, all right in one area. Jeez. You said cedar swamp, so do you have mostly you know, cedars and evergreen trees? or Yeah, it's cedars, evergreens. I mean, there's a few hardwoods, but, like, it's an active active forest there. So okay. they're constantly cutting the wood, uh, the hardwoods there and okay. replanting them in softwood plantations. Gotcha. So when they grow up, it's so thick you can't see five feet in front of you. Yeah. 
you know that's the first place they always go. <laughs> yep. That's nine times out of ten there. You're, you might as well just count on getting out of the truck there and you're going to be walking down to one of the creek bottoms dealing with the swamp or one of the plantations. Yeah. They hardly ever head for the dry ground. Now that sounds very familiar from all the bear hunters I've ever talked to. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't matter where you're at. <laughs> no. They like to go to the thickest, nastiest, a lot of times wettest places. Yep. Oh, and it's strange. A little story there was it. No, uh, 2021 there. Me and one of my guides were out at the end of the season there. One of the last days is mid-October. I was actually pulling game cameras off the bait sites. We pull up to a bait site there, and there was a bear there. And I said, well, he must be 450, you know, 425, 450 there. And he was there at, like, midnight, and here it is, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, we'll try it. I put my Ramsey dog down and Millie, and they went in there, and they cold trailed. I went down the edge of the river. Right on the edge, you look at the GPS, you just swore they was in the river. They yeah. jumped right there, went across the river, went up about 300 yards and showed tree. I look at my guide, I'm like, there's no way, you know, that that's they got that's the same bear. So they must have yeah. trashed on the coon or something. <laughs> so we take a time driving around and get on the other side, and we get within like three, you drive the pickup within 300 yards where they were, and they moved a little bit by the time we got over there. We're walking in there, and I'm expecting to see a coon, you know, up a tree there because there's no way that bear jumped. Yeah. We get down there, and I kid you not, that thing was just as loud and proud on that hardwood ridge, about 20 feet off the ground. <laughs> the bear was sitting right there. He ended up being five, was it 567 is what he ended up weighing. Holy Biggest smokes. bear I've ever seen climb a tree. And he did it with just them two dogs on him. And from when they jumped to he climbed, it weren't 300 yards. They went 400 yeah. yards tops. Never will happen again. I've never seen it, and it probably never will happen again in my history. Yeah. But just one of them things where people would say, well, what makes a bear climb? If a bear wants to climb, a bear is going to climb. Yeah. Don't matter what you get for dogs. That's uh, the first bear hunt I ever went on. Um, kind of sounds real similar. And we're from where we jumped the bear to where it climbed was 900 yards. And it was like 300 yards down to the road. They're like, yeah, th you're never going <laughs> to see this something this easy again. <laughs> no, that's what I was telling my guy. I'm like, why isn't this one we get a client for? You know, yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful walk. You could see 150 yards in the hardwoods. Yeah. I mean, we we made it, like I said, maybe 150, 200 yards off the road, and you can see the bear in the hardwood tree. The leaves are all off. You know, yeah. it was just one of them things where it's like this would be a perfect one to actually have a sport, to, you know, to walk in, yep. kill it, easy walk in, easy walk out. Yep. And there we are with nobody with tags. You had to find someone with a tag to come and kill it. <laughs> didn't take much convincing then went out and found one of the other guys there that was pulling cameras and hauled yeah. them on the radio there and next thing you know he was there and he was more than happy to shoot it so yeah now that's like i hunted in uh the up of michigan a couple years ago and that's we were walking across this hardwood ridge and the guy that i was hunting with was like you eat never a tree in this he goes this is such beautiful woods you would think a bear would be like this he goes no we always end up in this swamp over here yeah <laughs> and actually we ended up uh catching dogs off that bear you know none of us had a tag and uh, it's like a 300, 350-pound sow that they'd been running all, you know, all, all fall. And sure enough, like, we got 10 feet from it, you know, talking about thick. I never saw the bear. Like, I was 10, 15 feet away from this bear. Never saw it. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, the only reason I know anything what it was is because they showed me the picture on the camera, and they're like, yeah, that's the same bear we were running. <laughs> so but I'm like, I was 10 feet from it, never saw it. Because, like, you had two guys in front of me, the guys I was hunting with, you know, I was following with a camera trying to take a picture, and, they're trying to grab dogs, which I get. But uh, as soon as they grabbed dogs, it was gone and so thick in there. No, that's one of them things where when you look at it, 
and you sit back after you know seeing that how many times have you been in grabbing dogs you know and you not know and you look down i know numerous times i've gone in and grab dogs during training season you look down and you think it's a dog yeah and it's literally the bear that's sitting there you know three feet four <laughs> feet from me in one of them plantations because them they don't thin them or nothing until about 10 years 15 years okay so it's so thick that you're pretty much crawling on your hands and knees and you can't see your hand in front of your face <laughs> there and it's it makes you sit back and realize that you know you can pay attention slow down next time you run in there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's crazy it's intense that's for sure yep i'm sure that's what gets you know most most of us all going you know the adrenaline of it all I know that's why I keep doing it. Yep. It's not because it's easy. It's because of the adrenaline, the, the highs and the lows you get off yep. right there. It's crazy. I explain to people, I don't know what it's like to be a, be a druggie and go from <laughs> a high to a low, but if it's anything like the highs and lows you experience during the, the hound hunt, I feel the pain. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you look for when you're uh, running a, a pup or, you know, for bear? brains the, the the biggest thing that i, I run 90 percent females okay that's pretty much all i have there and i i like females females ain't aggressive towards each other you know i can cram 10 of them in a box that i can put five males in without having to worry about a dog fight yeah. you know they're they're they catch on they're smarter and to me there i think females will click you know, a lot quicker. I mean, I got a female last fall that was eight months old. Mm -hmm. She made 20-some more trees to start to finish. Oh, wow. You know, and the first, first time she put it on the ground, she first time she was on the ground, she made a tree right with the older dogs. Yeah. You know, and her litter bait, her brother's a litter mate to her there. And him, all he wants to do is play and run around <laughs> and bounce. He could care, you know, he don't care nothing about it there. Yeah. And I've been working with him on coyotes this winter because, I mean, now he's about, 14 months 13 months old there okay and he's just getting to the point now where he'll concentrate enough you know to go yeah i mean on a bait coyote he's all over that mm -hmm. but when it comes time for the run in there he still just wants to play and yeah. have a good time not serious enough to run that track yet you know yeah and the females there they're either there or they ain't like mm -hmm. if the female ain't made it by a year old then she probably ain't gonna make the grade in my opinion yeah I, I prefer females. And the nice thing about, I mean, well, Catch-22 is the fact that they come in heat, but uh, the nice thing is if you have an outstanding female, the world's at your fingertips as far as, you know, reproduction. Find it, finding a dog there. It's, it's easy to find a good male. Yep. It's hard to find a good female if you got a pack full of males. Yep, and if you got a pack full of females, don't matter when they come in heat, you can run them all still. <laughs> you know, if you got half females, half males, now you got to look which dogs you're putting in the box, which dogs you're hooking, which dogs you're running. Yeah. And all females there, I run them whether they're in heat or... Well, I guess that might work up your neck of the woods. <laughs> it certainly wouldn't work in West Virginia or Virginia where I hunt because uh, there's somebody's dog that would end up in there. Some male dog would end up in there. <laughs> yeah. end up with some pups. No, I'm far away there, like where I hunt. I won't see a dog box for the whole season. Okay. If I do, it's right in town there. We all have our own little leases there okay. that we hunt on. Like My lease is right around 300,000 acres. Wow. So once I get in the middle of that there, it's just yeah. me. You know, I mean, makes sense. So it's you don't you ain't. I should have rephrased that when I said <laughs> that. Like up where I am, I don't care. I'll run them when they're in heat. Yeah. What, I mean, the coyote or something. That's the worst case possible there. But I don't think that would ever happen. If it did, you get rich off the pups probably. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same point, your female would have to stop running. Yeah. You know, to to get bred. I did have a dog once. He'd stop. He'd stop. Be right in the hot chase for right on bear. You know, walking a bear. He'd stop 
kill a porcupine, have a 500,000 porcupine quills in his mouth there, <laughs> and at the, he still would make it to the tree or he'd make it to the end. Yeah. Like, he'd, he'd started, I swear the dog wanted, he hated him so bad there, he'd go out of his way to kill a porcupine. Then he'd, he'd be right there with a mouthful of quills, banging a bear or a tree. Oof. That would so, get old. <laughs> yeah. He didn't last but one season. Yeah, I don't blame you. That, that was a lot of lot of quills on the tailgate of the truck there. And the last one there, he had, we brought him to the vet, and the vet stopped counting at 1,500. After that vet bill there, he says, yeah, you, you ain't making it up here where we got porcupines. Yep. That's one thing I'm, I'm glad I don't hunt where there's porcupines, really, so. That's like up where we are now. There's nothing up there, but the central main around the farm fields and when yeah. we was coon hunting and that stuff down there is it was crazy with my you'd shine a field there walking across it and you'd see porcupines running where there should be coons. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Now that you said so you got started coon hunting? Yeah, then? I used to have a couple coon dogs there okay. back way back when. Now is that how you got started? Running like what was your first hound? Beagles. Okay. So I had beagles. Be- yeah, we had. I got my first beagle there when I was I think twelve, thirteen, something like that. There. Gotcha. And we had I raised beagles up through there, and they went from beagles to the bear, uh, beagles to coon, from coon to bear, and then stick yeah. with bear, and now with coyote too. Now, what kind of? What was your first big hound? Then? First big hound was an old walker named Ben. Okay. And he weren't the smartest dog, but <laughs> at the time we thought we had the world right by the tail there. And we'd go out and we'd tree a few coon here and there and yeah. listen to them ball. And yep. That was that was the first big hound there that I can recall having. Okay. You guys got some big coons up there, that's for sure. Yeah, the biggest one we killed, believe it or not. First date, and I took the wife on there. And we took him. <laughs> <laughs> we went coon hunting. <laughs> and we had Ben there, he treated a coon. And the wife shot it there, and it hit the ground. And I was like, I looked at that thing as it was falling out. And I thought it was a bear cub, biggest yeah. coon I've ever seen. It was 53 pounds on scale. I'll show Holy you. I'll show you a picture here <laughs> after. Like, so Todd over here was telling me a story last year um, <coughs> on the podcast. So if you listening, I forget what episode was, but it was like chasing song dogs is the title of it. But uh, he climbed up a pine tree to shoot a coon because mm-hmm. he couldn't see it. <laughs> it fell out and hit him in the chest <laughs> as it was coming down. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that that night there. I I won't forget that when that thing started falling out of that old apple tree there. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. Sure enough, it was a big old ringtail. That's crazy. I I'd love to get to shoot a big coon like that. And like I said, when I went to Michigan, they had some big coons up there. And yeah, our our average at, we would get there. I, if I had to guess, would be high 20s, low 30s. Yeah, is what we was averaging probably for weights there. Oof. I mean, it was me and the wife there. We'd go out, and that was like I said, that was our first date there, and <laughs> she enjoyed it. And after that, we'd go out two or three nights a week there. And there you go. It was it was fun. Yeah. And kind of miss it there, but we don't have we don't have coon up, up back home, well, okay. up home where we are now. You might get a few there. I mean, we run around a hundred baits, a little over hundred bear baits yeah. there, and you might have two or three baits have coon on them. See, a friend of mine, he went up a couple years ago, and took his coon dogs up because uh, he's got a friend that runs bear hunts mm-hmm. and they're like yeah you want to bring a coon dog up here and shoot coons we got them all over the place so they were all about letting him come up there and yeah. he's like we'll put you up you shoot all the coon <laughs> you want get yeah. them off our bait piles they're expensive so they eat too many too much bait that's what he was like he's like he goes yeah i went up there you know for whatever the gas cost a couple years mm-hmm. ago he's like stayed up there you know for nothing hunted a couple nights he's like killed a bunch of big coon i'm like 
That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, there's the big ones up there. I mean, you think about it, especially the ones that are killing off the bait. Yeah. Most of them are eat, living on a bear bait yeah. and eating three or four meals a day there <laughs> for two and a half, three months. I mean, they're putting on no weight. Oh, yeah. So when do bears start uh, hiring and eating up your way? Up our way, usually the end of September, 1st of October is when you notice they start going yeah. They start going in. It's early. Yeah, and October <laughs> is like the, my favorite time, the first two weeks in October to hunt run yeah. there because usually your sows are gone and it's your big boars are out. Yep. Our leaves have fallen there. So, I mean, like they get a, if there's a chase that goes anywhere through the hardwoods there, just listening to it echo up and down the rivers there, yeah. you can hear them for five or six miles away traveling down the riverbanks. That's awesome. It's, that's that's my favorite time to, to be, be in the woods there. Mm-hmm. And you, you know your chances at getting on a big boars. Pretty, pretty good. good yeah yep well, that's that's why uh the december or virginia and west virginia their seasons tend to be in december is th- that's the logic is most of your feet your sows are starting to dent up and but our our winters here down this way have been a little a little uh mild so <laughs> yeah 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 your bears are awake for as much as i was hibernating <laughs> probably <laughs> so well, you need to tell me some more good stories because I'm sure you've had about a million of them with, with guiding people. And, oh, and the, fact a, that, the fact that you, you just get to do this every day. There's a lot of them. I just don't know how many of them are approved for this. <laughs> and, and that's the best part. Some of the best stories uh, oh, yeah. might not always be the, the I mean, I, I could think best of, for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I could, I could think of one there. We was I had a couple of Amherst guys there. They were in the probably mid to late 70s at the time and we put the dogs down there and we had a split race going and when i was staying up with the younger dogs they're the dogs that i thought that you know had the race going there and next i had my buddy was up there and he went in to pick up my old macy dog she got she got one eye there got bit in the head there when she was a pup by a bear and it crushed her skull there jeez so you know one eye wonder is what we call it there (laughs) and I sh- we should have known better. You know, you trust your old dog. She's seven years old at the time. And I'm following the younger dogs around. And my buddy's hauling on the radio. Hey, Macy's got a bear in the tree. I'm like, what the? This just don't, it don't make sense. So yeah. I, we left them dogs, went back there. And the Amish guy there, he went in and we shot the bear. It was just Macy that was there. And they get the bear taken care of and go back out. We're catching up with the other dogs there. And bear, we see the bear go across the road. It was probably a 250-pound boar there. And now it's later in the afternoon, and they're headed to a big block there. And I, the guy looked at me. He's like, we still got to get the other bear out. He's and there's no way I'm walking in twice. He says, so we grab the dogs. And next day we go out there, and we get, up, get on a bear. And we had no clue what it was. The camera, which we didn't take pictures that night there. So it was just a gamble. Yeah. And they went down into this one place there that, along the river it just it's like no man's land i mean you do whatever you can to stay out of there normally i catch dogs if they head that way just because it's yeah one of them areas where dogs get killed yep the dogs went down in there before we could get there we end up down in there and we walked around in there for like three hours and <laughs> two old guys there they said that we've been in we've been hunting there for the last 60 years and we've never seen woods that look like this like this isn't <laughs> even considered a woods there like this is just a mess and we get down in there and we finally sat down there and there it, it was literally circling the bear like a rabbit i mean and i couldn't figure out why it weren't climbing there 
and dogs are coming by and you notice some blood on this one or some blood on that one there and then there weren't really nothing major it was just claw marks but it was always just like on one side of the dog it never was on both sides well come to find out the bear ended up walking in front of us there and he made a good shot there and shot it and killed it instantly and i went over to grab the bear after we hooked the dogs back to drag it out so we take pictures of it while i was reaching there weren't no front legs the whole the whole bear's front leg i don't know if it got hit by a truck or what happened yeah. there it only had one front leg and that's why it weren't Could, climbing climb. and that's why there's only claw marks on one side of the dogs there because it couldn't grab them it was yeah. just swatting at them is what it was doing there yep and it was the sow she ended up being we end up aging, pulling the tooth there in the age and i want to say she's like 23 24 oh, years wow. old and hard telling how long she lived i mean it was an yeah. old wound because it was all healed over all fur weren't yep. no scar or nothing so it's hard Crazy. telling how long that you know yeah. she took and lived there, but no, that that was just one of them things there because listening to them two older guys there, they picked <laughs> on each other so bad there. And the other guy was saying he needed to shoot a handicapped bear. That's why it was only fifty <laughs> yards off the road. And then come to find out, the other guy really did shoot a handicapped bear, but it was yep. seven tenths a mile in the woods, and that was just a good experience to have all around there. Yeah, you get you get a lot of that. It's it's hard to sit back and really remember on the spot i mean i can no, I think of things to talk about there but i ain't <laughs> we don't need to listen to most of that right now <laughs> now i understand uh i will say though probably one of the most memorable hunts that i've been on was back oh that would have been in 2012 2013 there my grandfather turned 70 never killed a bear before in his life and i said you, you want to go out bear hunting tomorrow, Gramps? And it was actually the day that he turned 70 there. And he's like, well, I never shot one. I could keep, really care less. I'm like, well, let's just go. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. We went out there, and it was well, probably two hours, two, two and a half hour chase there, me and my buddy. And we get walked in there. My grandfather, he ended up killing his first bear on nice. his 70th birthday there. He'd never done it before in his life. And he said he wished he would have done it 30 years before <laughs> that. He never dog hunted before. Yeah. And that was the first time that he'd actually ever gone out and dog hunted there. Yep. And it, it just shows it can make an impact. I mean, oh, the man yeah. was 70 years old, and he's, he absolutely loved it. That's awesome. That's awesome so, that you got to share that with your grandfather. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Pretty pretty neat experience there. Mm -hmm. And it, it it was fun. And it just I wish there was, like he said, 50 years before that, you know, yeah. so we could have done a lot more of that together there. But exactly. we did what we did, and we enjoyed it there, and we talk about it now. And still to this day, like I said, that was 2012, 2013, and he is up for Christmas there, and he still got the picture <laughs> of me and him with the dog and the bear set as his home screen on his cell phone. There you go. So it definitely made an impression on him. I'd say so. Anything else? Not really. Where can people find you to follow along? And uh, you can on on uh -huh. online. We're on Facebook. We're online. AllagashGuideService.com is a website. Allagash Guide Service on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, look us up there. Mm -hmm. If you're in Harrisburg, we're 5414 is a booth oh. number. This will be well after Harrisburg, but yeah, next year. Yeah, all that's true. Yeah, you can delete that part <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next year. Yeah, next year, next year. Because no, we'll be you've been in this same booth spot for a long time. Well, we're the third owners of Allagash Guide Service there, and I want to say Allagash Guide Service started here in 87. Okay. And we've been in the same booth ever since. We're the third yeah. owner. So. You got a nice spot right in the middle. So. It is, right between <laughs> the food venue, the bathroom ain't fire. Yep. So it's not a bad spot. No, I was telling Todd that last year. I was like, yeah, pretty good spot right here in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. So, well, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>